What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Hardwood Homies. This is your co-host, Jacob. And I'm your other co-host, Trenton. And uh, first of all, I think the thing that we want to start off is with is saying that we messed up. We uh, forgot to mention some of the Montana teams, and being students at the University of Montana, we really failed to talk about the Montana Grizz basketball team. Exactly. And you know what? It was before any games had started, so it'll work out just fine. And actually, something historic did happen Tuesday night. Um, the Grizz played Dickinson State, and they ended up winning 74-27. And, you know, you may be able to tell by the 27 for Dickinson State. Geez, that's a low score. Well, actually, it's the fewest point total ever um, allowed in Dahlberg Arena, so which is where the Grizz play in Missoula. So that was a kind of a big thing for the Grizz. Started off super strong, as you can tell. And then Saturday was a bit of a different story. Uh, go down to Mississippi State, um, big SEC uh, team, and kind of got um, destroyed, to put it nicely. <laughs> and, you know, not, not a great um, end of the week, but a really strong start. And, you know, we're not playing SEC schools all year, so... Um, you know, Montana State, it was more of a case of what could have been. Yeah, I guess I'll be the Bobcat guy today. So um, <laughs> the Bobcats started out going to Boulder. They played Colorado. And in a game that they led for a majority of the game, it ended up going into overtime. And they ended up losing. But uh, Bishop for the Bobcats had a really big performance. And they look like a team that's really going to be good in the big sky. They also played again today as we were recording this. And they played Rocky Mountain College out of Billings, and they ended up getting a big win there. They won by about 30. And one more thing I want to shout out about Montana is my good buddy Keeley Bake for Montana Tech had about had 14 points tonight and helped uh, Montana Tech get a win. So now that we're done talking about Montana, we should take look take a look at some of the big takeaways outside of the state. Um, the first one that I want to talk about is how disappointing my teams that I said were not going to be very good this year were. Disappointing for you. Disappointing for me. Yeah, yes, of course. That's right. They were a lot better than I thought they were going to be. Um, so Memphis, a team with a lot of freshmen that I didn't really have a whole lot of faith in. I did. They looked really good early. And uh, their freshmen, Bates and Duran, both played really well. And the other team that I want to talk about is Illinois, who brought back a lot of players that they didn't have that they had on last year's team yep. that I couldn't quite remember. They have Grandison back. And even though Curbelo hasn't played yet, I forgot that he's going to be on this year's squad as well. He's going to be a big force on the squad, yeah. I think. So, yeah. Um, you know, my, my big takeaway for the week is no one's safe. Um, and you know, that's easy to say, what does that mean? Everyone thinks, okay, yeah, every March there's some big upsets, but if, if anyone was watching this week, you noticed there was a ton of upsets. And every year when we get to the tournament, you know, people always say, oh, that came out of nowhere. But a lot of them you can trace back to this time of year when you do see some big schools play some, you know, pay some schools to come in and then end up losing to them. And just to list a few, we had Nebraska lose to Western Illinois. Um, Pitt lost to the Citadel. Um, even go out west. I know and this yeah, was a game. Yeah, we when about. you when you talk about no one being safe, I think that the Ivy League, no one's safe when you play the Ivy League, is what you mean to say. 
because yeah, we had teams like point. Princeton beating South Carolina. We had Dartmouth beating the Big East champion from last year, Georgetown. And we had Brown nearly going into North Carolina and pulling off a win. Yeah, go on to Chapel Hill and lose by seven, um, up three at half. So by no means a game they just kind of hung around and never – you know, had the lead or anything. No, they were leading half the game, and then that's what happens. Yeah, you know, you run out of steam against a great team, and you're on the road, so it's tough. But the Ivy League, we were discussing this earlier, actually, because, you know, there's always some teams that once in a while make some noise in the tournament, like yeah. Harvard. Yeah, you got your traditional like, Harvards yeah. and your Yales. Yeah. Princeton. And Princeton. Yeah, they do it, too. Yeah. They, you know, yeah. they've had a good start to this year, but I remember, I think, 2013 or so, they yep. beat Kentucky. Yeah. In one of the, you know, big upsets of that tournament. But, yeah, the Ivy League, you know, never gets a whole lot of love. But maybe this year they're going to be a really good conference. Yeah, maybe this year when people fill out their brackets, instead of just saying, oh, Ivy League, terrible league, um, you can say, you know what, maybe that's an upset pick. You never know because the teams that aren't even known for being good appear to be pretty solid. So it will actually be a fun league to watch. Yeah, it sure sure could be. Yeah. And going away from the big takeaways of the week, let's look at kind of some of the stars. Um, You know, there was some disappointment this week. There were a lot of upsets and things like that, but some people didn't disappoint anyone. You had um, Oscar Shibwe from Kentucky. What a performance this week in both of his games, actually. Yeah, didn't get the win, but... Exactly. Against Duke, so, you know, you kind of forget about him. Yeah, you don't really think about it, but I mean, the guy had 17 and 19... I think 19 20. rebounds. They have 20, 20 rebounds. He had 20. 20 yep. rebounds in that game. A game that, you know, they didn't really play that closely. But, you know, he grabbed a lot of boards and he looked solid. He did. And then the next game he gets 14 and 20 and they do get it done. So, he, you know, he's a transfer from West Virginia. Some high hopes for him. But to start the season out this strong is pretty impressive. And one of the games is against one of the best teams in the country, you could argue. So yeah. he should be in for a great season. And one of my stars that started off to a really had a really good start coming out this year is uh, J.D. Note, who's from Arkansas, which, of course, is going to be my new favorite school, apparently. <laughs> um, I'm just loving Arkansas, Eric Musselman and co. But anyway, so he uh, the other night had 30 points. And not only did he get it done offensively, he had seven steals in that game, too. And he hit five threes. He was just kind of all over the place. Offense, defense, making plays. He played 39 minutes in that game. He really showed up for them. Yeah, well, enough of this Eric Musselman of love ship or whatever's going on with you. <laughs> um, you know, Arkansas, yeah, they'll, you know, maybe they'll have a great season. You never know. But uh, let's let's go back to uh, kind of a familiar name if people have been following hoops for a year or two. Justin Moore from Villanova. What a performance from him. He and it's not even the box score. Like if you just watch, and we're gonna talk about it real soon here. But uh, the game against UCLA, he was just a physical force, and not only that, but then you do look shot sixty six percent from three. He's just he's played great against UCLA. He looks like he's gonna be one of their premier players. And, right. Yeah. yeah. And he he did hit six or seven threes in their first game too. So he's definitely exactly. a guy that can shoot, dribble, and he even posted up a little bit in that he did. game against UCLA. Sound quite a bit. Down he kind of took yeah. Tiger Campbell into the post and had a little height advantage, a little mouse in the house. Yeah. 
and uh, <laughs> gave him the business down there. And not easy to do. Campbell, you know, he's a smaller guy, but he, he's a dog. So, yeah. yeah. And last week, you know, I pretty much said, Gillespie, who's he going to be leading? Well, this guy, um, he's going to be leading some great players. Justin Moore, maybe he'll be do- actually the leader on the team. You never yeah, know. But- Moore and Samuels, and they got a couple other guys. Yeah, they're, exactly. They're going to be just fine. Yeah, and they looked they looked pretty fine and probably the best game of the week, Friday. Definitely, yeah, it was yeah. the game of the week. Started off a little slow, but by the second half, threes were flying and threes were falling. Yeah, the, no, if you watch the first, I'm watching the first 10 minutes and I'm like, this UCLA team, these guys are so impressive because you always see, you know, a lot of East Coast schools come to the West and you know they think they're going to bully the hell out of these teams and no one could score so it wasn't like UCLA was doing much but uh Justin Moore leaves the game they run up the score a bit and then game gets close they actually fell behind but uh it was it was a great game second half things got real tight near the end there yeah well Villanova last six minutes they picked the worst time in the game to start missing shots and from yeah, from about six minutes left and the overtime, they just couldn't get anything to fall. But someone who could was Tiger Campbell. It surprised me a bit. I was happy for him. But, you know, you don't usually think of him like that, but he pulls up and hits two giant threes. Yeah, he doesn't mm-hmm. even, you know, he's not a guy that aggressively looks for his shot that often, but pretty exactly. soon he's out there pulling up in transition. And, yeah, he was incredible that game. Yeah, and for a game you lose, you almost, like you said, Villanova got cold at completely the wrong time actually most of the second half looked like they were gonna kind of just slowly eke it out and then you go to overtime they just didn't have it at that point but right it was definitely the best game and it started at 9 30 a late night game and another thing to think about that game is that i don't think it was just two top rated teams that played a close game i think it was two really talented teams i think those are two solid teams that are gonna have really successful years too oh exactly i can see you know the Saw some people saying, yeah, they're going to meet in March. Okay, very vague. You know, I could see this being an Elite Eight matchup. I'm not going to say, oh, Final Four. Yeah, they're both ranked in the top four. Real original, buddy. But no, (laughs) Elite Eight matchup. I could see this. I could see this in March. And I kind of hope we see it, if it's anything like what we saw this past week. All right, yeah. Well, enough talk about that game. Let's talk about a little uh, (laughs) Kansas-Michigan State. Started off the week. Uh, Kansas looked really good they had a lot of depth a lot of people scoring for him yeah and the weird thing is you know they did have a lot of people scoring for him but one of them in the first half not Remy Martin coming from Arizona State big time name uh one of the probably best transfers in the country yeah him um, and Toshiba yeah exactly and he he did not really do great in the first half if you just think of scoring but second half he gets 15 um solid game they really just seem to have a great all-around team this year. Night to night, you don't know who's going to beat you, seems like. Yeah, well, they've got McCormick and all sorts of other guys running around out there. So, Abaji, yeah, who had a up. crazy game. Abaji at yeah. 29. Oh, yeah. No, he was their guy. Yeah, was, a lot of people were looking for him to kind of become the guy for them, and it looks like he's kind of on his way. Yeah. For sure. Michigan State, though, what are you... Uh, I, w- I was pretty hard on him last week. What are you, you, you got any bright him. spots for him? Bright spot, <laughs> freshman point guard, A.J. Hogard, had a really successful game. He was out there making shots and driving. He had a lot of tough finishes inside. And Marble started off the game really well. 
They were hung. They hung right in there they for did. most of the game. No, they actually did. Yeah, halftime especially. I think it was it was really close at the half. I don't remember exactly what the score was, but it was a close game. It was by no means like a runaway. Kansas, you know, they they were. I I would say they were clearly the better team, but Michigan State played them close and tough pretty better, much the whole yeah, game. Better so. than their expectation. I think they were picked sixth, maybe in the Big Ten, right behind Maryland. That yeah, and that's not <laughs> that's not uh, the normal no. Michigan State expectations. Coming Anywhere in. outside of the top yeah. three is pretty rare for them. Find them all the way down at six. Yeah, exactly. Pretty odd. Um, and then ooh. Duke versus Kentucky, kind of the kind of stole the show, especially once we saw what some players did that game. Well, there's a game that we were both very wrong about last week. Yeah, uh, both yep. of us picked Kentucky. We thought that they had a little more uh, experience coming back, but experience doesn't always beat talent. And Duke had some serious talent in that game. Some of those freshmen that came in looked really smooth. They looked like they'd been there for a long time. Really poised. Uh, Trevor Keels had 25 points, and he was just attacking relentlessly. He had no fear, no nothing. He just showed up and balled. Exactly. No, and you also, one thing about Duke, you know, I think definitely underestimated him because as we talked about, it's a bunch of freshmen. We've seen it before, even with great players like Zion, Barrett. You don't always know how they're going to start a season, much less finish, but this team did not look like they were run by freshmen whatsoever. And they even have some really good role players like uh, Patrick Williams. Um, you know, he's in the front court, only had something like five points, but he made an impact. He's there with Theo John transfer. Yeah. So they're well, just both really of those solid. guys are really good role players because they can both rebound. They can both block a lot of shots. Exactly. Yep. I think Williams had like three. Yeah, three blocks. he had three blocks yeah. and two steals. Pretty sure. Yeah. No, they they were very impressive. You know, I. Can't say Benchero. I was happy to see it. Benchero <laughs> kind of stole the scene. He got all the yeah, headlines. And I, I will admit that he did look very impressive in that game. He's really smooth for his size to have those guard skills where he can, you know, pull up and hit a jumper and take someone to the rack. Yeah. He's yeah. a really talented player, but they got a lot more than just him on that team. Yeah, and, you know, after a game like that with with Duke looking almost kind of a midseason form type, um, you know, they're in midseason form, you wonder – well, can we really judge Kentucky off of that? Because it is the start of the season. What right. are they going to look like? Duke kind of had a solid lead most of the night, but Kentucky made a late run. Shebway's grabbing offensive rebound after offensive rebound. Right. Um, I don't know. They just have a lot of great pieces, like Wheeler, Grady from Davidson. Mm-hmm. He splashed a few threes. Yeah, what um, really hurt Kentucky in the long run was turnovers, and Wheeler boom. did happen to have seven of them. He didn't play his best game. You no, can definitely see... You know, you could see the talents there. He's going to have a great season for him. Well, by anyone, pretty much. But, yeah. you know, that night he struggled a little bit. No, that that's for sure. Just watching the game, he, he would just blow by people. But then, you know, maybe it's a turnover. Maybe it's a missed shot at the rim. Maybe yeah. it's blocked. But, you know, there's a lot of potential. If those pieces are put together, mm-hmm. I think and, they're in great shape. Yeah, something else going forward for both of those teams is that neither of them really shot the ball that well. Only a combined seven threes in the entire game. Yeah, I not the type of ball I like to watch. <laughs> right, yeah. Really bruising inside. A lot of physical taste of the basket. I kind of enjoyed watching that i really oh, like what keels was it. doing yeah. i loved no, it those no. pac-12 babies flopped to the floor out there <laughs> flopped it uh ucla ended up just <laughs> fine but well anyway um oh one thing for kentucky just worth going forward 
Um, you know, CJ Frederick, we went on and on. Right. Early talented yeah, from Iowa. We talked him up pretty good, and now he's possibly done for the year with yeah, a hamstring injury. Exactly. Might need surgery. and Yeah, really disappointing, too. Um, let's go. I hyped this game up so much, and it, it was a disappointment. Um, Texas versus Gonzaga, your thoughts? My thoughts are prayers for the Texas Longhorn family <laughs> and their coaches and their players because we tuned in and they were down 20 early and it stayed right about like that the rest of the game. Yeah, exactly. Halftime, 47-27. Really wasn't close. Even I was a few minutes late tuning in and it was already kind of a double-digit lead for Gonzaga. Didn't get much closer. It, it was a disappointment, but like we said, Texas is a completely different team. You have some returners, but for the most part, it's a bunch of transfers that wanted to come play for Chris Beard. So I think they're going to be a good team. Yeah. But It's going to take some yeah. time for them to gel. Exactly. And I, honestly, they just had no answer for Timmy inside. Mm. Well, you go into Spokane, your second mm. game of the season. Yeah. Like, mm, tough task, but I mean, you got to respect the scheduling going not playing a neutral game. You're actually going to Gonzaga, yeah. runner-up last year. So, yeah. And that's the thing. There shouldn't be any knee-jerk reactions. I don't think Texas should be, you know, worried about their season going forward. Shouldn't be praying. Shouldn't be praying. Well, that was more of a, more of a joke. <laughs> yeah. But they should – they need to work on some stuff. Oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's what these games – you always see it. The teams that grow the most come March, they'll show these games from November, December, and say, you know – this is when they were doing X, Y, and Z, and look at them now. Like oh, this yeah. is the type of game that Texas could look back on and say, "Geez, we've gotten so much better." Well, these uh, are fun games for sure, but in the grand scheme of things, that's all they are. They're, that's all they are. They're fun games, but they're not super meaningful. They could be. They could give you some confidence going in, but once the conference starts going and teams start getting in rhythm and stuff, that's when it's going to become important. But. Exactly. Conference play determines everything. You can have a great, um, you know, pre-conference play and then it all yeah. falls apart. Well, there's a lot of teams that kind of limp into the conference season yeah. and then start tearing it up late and carry it right into March. So Yeah, for sure. So, no, no need to get overreact. So, if Arizona anything. wins a couple games early, it doesn't really mean anything, Jacob. We'll see. They're, they're, they got some big games coming <laughs> up. We'll, we'll talk about it when it comes. Um, yeah. The uh, So, let's let's look at this week. Um, there's there's a, a lot games. of great games this week. There are a lot of great games. Let's start with uh, Virginia-Houston. This would have been a better game, but Virginia lost. So right, I mean, that's kind of the funny thing, though, is it? It's gonna be. It would have been a better game if they wouldn't have lost, but that you know that doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Still, the same two teams. It playing, is it's the exact same. Yeah, and matchups yeah. are different every night. Virginia might still be a very good team. Probably are. I mean, top twenty-five. There's Houston's got some really good guards though. They got Sasser back. He's a really good player. And then Virginia with Kihei Clark, and that defense trying to stop those Houston guards should be really interesting. Should be good. No, Houston, 15 in the country. Maybe they'll jump up in the pole a bit. Yeah, probably not. Probably stay about the same. Yeah. I would, you know, it'll be a great matchup. It's still Virginia. Yeah, they'll fall out of the pole, but that doesn't really mean they're a worse team, exact same team. Houston so. had a tight yeah. one this week, didn't they? Opening night. I think they were they did. close they, for a while or overtime or something. Yeah, they they eked it out, but I, I just remember saying, oh, a bit close. I think you're the one who brought it up to me, yeah. actually. You're like, yeah, they escaped. Um, so, they, you know, they could have been in the same position as Virginia, actually. Yeah, yeah. that's a thing. Who really knows? So, 
Yeah, I mean, and then you have kind of a ranked-unranked matchup. You have Michigan versus uh, Seton Hall. This is one that really caught your eye, I know. Right, yeah, I'm just interested to watch Michigan. They didn't have a huge game this week, so I didn't get to watch them a whole lot. But with Hunter Dickinson coming back... and He's a then, force. He is a force. And Coach Jawan Howard, okay. interested to see what he does this year after a fairly successful year last year. Yeah, it... The end result does not really match how successful that season was. So, I mean... Right. And then, you know, Seton Hall's been a good team the last couple of years, and I think it'll be a pretty good game. So it will be. It almost be feels like a March game, just because that matchup, mm-hmm. kind of a Big East, Big Ten. Yep. You like to see it early, but that's that's one you kind of see sometimes the way the brackets shake out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, should be a good game. Um, yeah, first look at Michigan for me as well. They're one of my big teams. So, you know, but I didn't really get to watch him this week, so I'll definitely be watching this next week. Um, yeah, Dickinson played really well first game, so. Okay, great. Um, and now, yeah, you, you're a big Tennessee guy, or you know a lot about Tennessee compared to me. I would say I'm a big Tennessee guy, but. <laughs> not a fan, but. Certainly yeah. not a Pac-12 guy. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll own that all day. Me and Bill Walton. So, Villanova coming off a tough game last week. Really impressive for him still, but they're going to be playing Tennessee um, this Saturday. I think that a lot of people are interested to see how Villanova responds after a tight loss like that. Are they going to be disappointed and discouraged? And if they are, they're going to run into a Tennessee team that's got a lot of offensive firepower. They've got uh, Kennedy Chandler and Vescovi. Uh, I remember him from last year, a little lefty that can really shoot it. Should be a pretty good game. I think it'll be fairly high scoring as well. Yeah, that's the thing. How teams respond to kind of big game losses in big games, especially, is how you really see what teams are made of. Villanova, tough loss last week, but they have over a week to regroup, put it together. They have really tough schedule early on, it appears. You know, they could have gone the easy route, just pay a bunch of schools to come in and play them, but they're not doing that. So, um, great scheduling with Jay Wright and everything, but I don't. I don't suspect best coach in college basketball, Jacob. Best coach in college basketball. I don't know about that, but uh, I'll give him some credit here. So, so, uh, I, you know, it's going to be a tough game for him, but I'd be shocked if they look terrible or anything. I think they'll show up. Yeah. Put on a show. I think so too. So, yeah, I mean, this is kind of my game. I got circled. Um, So, we have North Carolina versus Purdue. That's a 19 versus 7. And no. North Carolina is not number seven. That's Purdue, everyone. So, you know, Purdue wasn't really challenged this week. Um, North Carolina, like we said, was by Brown. Well, you know, maybe that's not a good sign for him, but they won the game still. So, yeah, got to give him credit there. Should be a great game. It's also on Saturday. So, yeah, the thing to look at is that North Carolina's offense definitely showed up in that game against Brown, but their defense certainly wasn't there. I think they gave up 87 points. Yeah, Something 87, like 94 to 87. 94, 87. Yeah. But R.J. Davis, Armando Baycott, and Caleb Love, I mean, they got yeah. kind of a big three there that are really talented players. Yeah, Love's averaging 17 points a game, two games in. So you got to assume he'll probably stay. He'll be a double-digit scorer all year, I'd assume. So I think they'll show up for that game. Um, and this, I'm just going to jump to it right now. This this is my upset of the week. Um, you know, North Carolina's a bigger name than Purdue, but... They're not going to be favored in terms of the AP poll. So I'm going to go with them because 
you know, an easy thing to say would be, oh, well, they barely beat Brown. These guys are going to get um, steamrolled by the Boilermakers. But I don't think so. <laughs> they, you know, they were tested. And Purdue wasn't tested last week. I think it may be a rude awakening for them come Saturday. I disagree with that. Ooh, I think that Purdue Big actually mistake. has a really good team this year. I think Jaden Ivey is really good. I think Stefanovic is going to... Shoot a lot of threes. He's going to make a lot of threes in that game. He was 5 of 6 the other night, and then Ivy had 28 points. But Purdue, and then uh, Zach Eden. Edie. Edie. Zach Edie. Oh, Edie, yeah. He's yeah. big seven-footer that didn't play a whole lot for them last year, but he's going to be a force this year, and he's going to give them some problems inside. No, Purdue, by no means am I taking away from Purdue here, but they're they're overrated. They're not number seven in the country. Wow. You can't you can't tell me they're right there. Number one. Oh, you wish. Oh, no, no, they're they're not. Number one. You know, they. I don't think they're a top ten team. Let's see this Saturday if they really blow North Carolina out. Maybe I'll you know respect them a bit. But you, no, we're not just going off. Oh, number seven in the country, returning a lot of players, a lot of great development there. But we'll see. I, I don't buy it. At they're the going to be so. a force inside. They got Williams too. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I don't gonna know. Gonna bully him inside. Might get bullied during the Big Ten play, but anyway, you got a big upset pick for the week. Uh, last week, I know you not were a huge upset pick. It, not a huge upset pick. I, I'll stay a little shy, and I'll just pick uh, the team. I'll pick against the team that's been struggling, and that's Ohio State, who very easily could have been upset last week. And they playing Xavier this week on Thursday. And Xavier with Paul Scruggs um, is still a really talented team. And Ohio State better wake up or I could see them going down. See, that's a game that caught my eye as well, looking over the schedule for this next week. But, you know, Ohio State, everyone knows they got some great players coming back like Liddell. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they, they did have a close call. Their first game of the year, they barely beat Akron by one point. So I, I understand the skepticism there. And then their second game, they barely won as well. But I just, I think this might be a case of, you know, whether it's underestimating the competition or being a bit rusty. But when they actually have a big game coming up this week, Xavier, they're not going to downplay that game in that locker room. You know, Holtman will have them ready. So I don't think they're going to lose that game. It's a, you know, it's an easy pick, but it's it's not. Oh, you call mine an easy yep. pick, and you pick North yep. Carolina as an upset. Exactly. You yeah, can't just go off sense. the names. Yeah, that makes but, sense. Uh, we'll see who's right at the end of the week, everybody. Yeah, we will. But, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's. I think it'll be a good week. I don't know if it will be. Is I'm not quite as amped for it as last week, just because we had those two matchups at the end of the week. Not out quite west, as sexy but, as last week. Uh, you know. I, I think it'll live up to expectations. It just kind of depends how the games shake out. There's a uh, lot more games that could be good, but there's not as many elite battles in terms of where the teams are ranked right now. Exactly. And one thing to be of note this time of year, especially this is a bit early for this, but this week going into Thanksgiving and then just the holiday season around Christmas too, you're going to start having these preseason tournaments where on the schedule you're, you'll have like one game and you know, it might be really appealing or it might not, but they're not going to have these games scheduled um, early where winner plays. Like I know Arizona's in a tournament early on. If they win <laughs> back to Arizona, if they win and Michigan wins, they're going to end up playing each other. 
and that's not going to come up on the schedule. So we, everyone has to be on the lookout for those games. Oh, yeah. Everyone's got to be on the lookout like, to watch Arizona. Probably get pummeled by Michigan. <laughs> but, um, no, but you have to because those are some of the funnest games this time of year. Just where you have... Um, you got to be careful. Uh, you start penciling in teams to play each other before they advance in their bracket, though. Yeah, but you still have to be aware of it. If you, if you don't even look for it, you're going to miss the games, and then you're going to feel like a clown. So, you know, there's some right. balance. There's some I get balance. what you're saying. It's not guaranteed, any of these tournaments. So that's one thing. These teams sometimes get caught thinking like I'm thinking. Caught you want to see the matchup, and then the matchup doesn't happen. So, right. But just be aware of that. That's another thing that starts this week with some events. So, yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to another Hardwood Homies. Um, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll keep you updated. Come next Sunday. Um, enjoy the hoops this week. Yeah, and Brawl of the Wild this coming weekend for football. Go Cats. No. Uh, Grizz are going to win. I don't see that happening.